Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, January 12th, 2022, and you're listening to episode number 529. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show is Mr. Bob Ryan. Belated happy birthday to our founder, Bobby Shaw. Come on down! Um, Aaron Namus is here. Was I missed? Did anyone miss me? I need the validation. Yes, we do. Oh. Always. Okay, here we go. I missed you. We all missed you. I need those dulcet tones in my ears. The Vaughn Harper tones. No, I miss the sass. <laughs> Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. Uh, chuckling over there is Mr. John Burkle. Hello. I almost had a protest not show up because Aaron wasn't here last week. That's how much I missed oh. Aaron. Oh. Wow. Wow. It's oh, it's gotten political. It's gotten political. Oh, my. And uh, Joey, and I'm not joking, is currently in detention. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he got uh, he got tripped up at school. He is literally in detention. So he's going to sit out this week and join us next week when finally – Oh my God! The Talking oh. Comics Awards, the tenth annual Talking Comics Awards, will finally happen. I thought we'd become the Golden Globes. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I've had like multiple nights of dreams where we did it already. <laughs> I was really relieved. Well, it's like Morbius coming out, right? Oh, oh Lord! No. We'll do it in April. We'll do it. Invoking in April. the Morbius so early in the show. <laughs> Sorry, April first. We'll do it. We'll do it in April. Come back then. Uh, but yeah, next week is going to, you know, by hook or by crook, whether you've read everything or watched everything or not, uh, we're going to do it. Did you say and hooker? what's that? Did you say hooker? Hooker, hooker by hook or by crook. With a hooker, we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> all right, go ahead. I was okay. already making arrangements. I'm sorry. <laughs> Steve's Have going all... to the seedier sides of Canada. <laughs> Listen. Are there seedy sides of Canada, Steve? Are yes, there what? The US. Seedy sides of Canada. <laughs> yes, I live in one of them. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like all right. give me give come to my house. Give me ten minutes. I will I will leave you, what is it, like east of Adelaide, I think they call it. It is literally like a, a, a dimensional cross zone where you just cross this one street and then all of a sudden it is bad news bears. Yeah. They don't say hello to you. No, they don't. They don't say sorry. Oh my God. Okay. 
I was at the Farm Boy the other day. What? Wait, what, what's, I was, what's the Farm Boy? Farm Boy is like think of it like the Trader Joe's of Long Island, okay. right? Okay. So, or or sorry, of Canada. I get it. So this place is amazing. I love Farm Boy. Shout out to Fanboy. Uh, Farm Boy sponsor us. Um, but I'm in there. I'm getting my I'm getting my meats. I'm getting my cheeses. I'm getting my stuff, and I'm leaving. And there is literally two Canadians arguing about who should go ahead of who to exit the building first <laughs> and having this like polite argument of no, no, you, no, you it's no, really. I insist. Blah, blah, blah. And like just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until finally one of them caved and me, the, you know, the New York import, I'm just standing there watching this practically ripping open my bag of popcorn that I bought. And I'm just like, this is amazing. This is the most Canadian thing that I have yet to see since I moved here. This is fantastic. See, I, I did that, but I'm, I'm a New Yorker, and here I was in my DVD store, and my assistant manager was a lovely young woman. We were doing that dance as who goes through the door first. Yep. And because I keep lots of things in my head, she said to me, as she graciously bowed and, and extended her arm, age before beauty. Well, Ooh. I walked through the door and then quoted Dorothy Parker. Pearls before swine. Oh, <laughs> whoa! All right. Nicely done. Yeah, I was, I was hanging there for thirty years, waiting for the right moment to use it. That was smooth. Yes, it was. That was nice. Good job, look at you, Bob. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, the awards. Um, also, the awards. Okay. The awards. <sighs> Alongside saying that they're going to be next week, they will be next week. Uh, it is also going to be the last, the last Talking Comics Awards as it exists now. Uh, we have talked behind the scenes. We have gone through much over the past couple of weeks trying to get everything done. And uh, we have come to a consensus that we are going to change the format of the awards for next year. It might not even be an awards show per se. Uh, we're going to talk about it and we're going to find a different way to celebrate all the comics that we loved, possibly through like a series of like personal presentations of our favorite stuff from throughout the year, something like that. Uh, because it's been 10 years, we've been doing it for a long time. But for me personally, I think that the format that we have right now is dead to me. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. It's been this year for me in particular has been very frustrating and it's been, I I've enjoyed a lot of what I've read, but I'm really agonizing over my ordering. And I am thinking back to just the way that we do it, how stretched out it is, how we really can never predict how much time we're going to need to put ourselves into these awards to read everything, to do all the research, to have all the opinions and come into this thing with solid votes. I think for me that it's finally too much. Welcome uh, to my world. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a big, it's a big thing. It's, it's expensive. It's very time consuming. You fall behind on your regular reading. Like when we decided that we were going to do a few shows like this one, where we're actually talking about new books. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. 
not that I wasn't enjoying what I was reading, but I just wanted to read something new. I had all of these new comics just sitting, piling up. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to check out Williamson's new Batman. Like, what is it like? Um, things like that. And so finally, we had these these two shows come up and uh, seemed like the perfect time to tell you all that we hope that you've enjoyed the awards. We hope that you enjoyed this year's awards. But uh, it's probably going to be the last time that it arrives in this way, shape, and form. There'll probably still be multiple episodes. We'll all be talking about great books in probably more detail as opposed to discussion about what goes on and off a list. It'll just be more yeah, fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be an opportunity for more people to be named for more books to be uh, talked about, even if you don't talk about them at length as like one of your absolute mm-hmm. favorite list makers or anything, but you, you, we can, there's more room for honorable mentions yeah. and there's, there's more room to say like, Hey, like this might not have set the world on fire, but I want to see what this team does next. That kind of thing. Yeah. We may be, able, may be able to have more people involved too, because we'll have more time to a lot to other yeah. opinions. So that's all mm-hmm. great. All good news. Yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be cool. I think it's time. I think 10 years is a good way to cap it off. And, you know, just we're we always try to be transparent with the way that we do the show. You know, we're not paid to do any of this in any at all. Um, we pay for all of our own books, the whole bit. This is all out of passion and pocket for us. And, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna change things up as we change with the show, mm-hmm. and we've been doing this for a long time. And I just I feel like after this year, I've finally <laughs> reached the end of my rope, where I'm just like I can't wait to get these votes in so that we can we can retire this and go back to the drawing board and figure out something for next year where everybody gets to celebrate the things that they love and not have things pushed down. Because somebody was more, pa- I don't know. You know the deal. You, you've heard the show. That, that's a bit rough, though. Uh, Pushed down. You're saying someone they, purposely stopped no, 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 your dreams. No. no, I'm not saying there's anything <laughs> malicious or nefarious going on. I'm saying like as opposed to the person who didn't get defenders on the list. <clears throat> I'm, I'm saying by design. Like by by design, things are getting left off of lists so that when we present like our final picks, there's a bunch of stuff that was in the conversation that was then out of the conversation for one reason or another. And I just I think that there's a different way to do it so that those books don't get necessarily left off the list. We should Does that make Ernst, more sense? We should hire Ernst and Young. Who's that? No, Who's no, no, no. Aaron, <laughs> Cyber Ninjas. They have nothing to do. Oh, no, they went out of business, Bob. Oh, they did. Yeah, All right. Anyway, that's what's going on. That's the deal. Uh, so that'll be next week. And this week, we've got lightning rounds. We've got news. All kinds of stuff. Does anybody else want to, like, get into anything before we get into books? I feel like we don't have a lot to... Well, how's everyone doing with the reading and watching and all that sort of stuff, since we're on the awards thing, before we get to something else? Well, John, you've been having a... Sounds like a Stargirl marathon at your house. Well, we uh, um, we had uh, no school on Thursday because it was like a negative 25 wind chill. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
my I, I decided uh, Stargirl, HBO Max, let's go. 13 episodes. Loved it. Um, and then Friday we got a we had a two hour delay, so I'm putzing around. I got the uh, I got my son and daughter getting ready to take them to school. I'm trying to uh, navigate them toward the car, and then we get a call that the buses don't start, so we don't have school again. Um, so season two, here we go. Um, <laughs> so, Eclipso. Uh, I gotta say, I liked the the first season better than the second. But I still enjoying it. I got about three episodes in this second season left, and I should be raring to go for when season three um, pops up. And then mm-hmm. I woke up uh, Sunday morning and I decided to watch um, Long Halloween. Uh, <laughs> you haven't lived until your son turns and looks at you and goes, "Did Batman just say fuck?" And I'm like, "Yes, he did." <laughs> uh, let's not uh, get into that. The, the the book, so I gotta say, I, I'm I was never so happy to 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 pull out some uh, non award books this week. Um, I actually read more than than just the stuff I'll talk about in my lightning round. Yeah, same here. I'm just I, I I'm I'm feeling bogged down, and I don't want to not like take something in because I'm just trying to jam through it. And maybe I don't appreciate something for what it's doing because it I'm I'm not giving it the time, and and I, and I think that's kind of getting to where you're talking about changing this up, because there's some books here that I would not have read, but yeah. if you if you or or Aaron or uh, uh, Bob or or Joey, well maybe not Joey, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> were to to like really come with like an impassioned you know top five. I would probably go check it out, but I wouldn't feel like the need to get it read in like a, a three week period. Right. I think that's where I'm frustrated a little bit right now. And I don't want to not like something just because I'm, I'm trying to, or it's annoying me that I, it's just sitting there glaring at me on my, my bookshelf. <laughs> like read me, you know, you have to, I have a book that I'm almost, no, I'm a little bit more than halfway through. And it's just, it's, it's laughing at me. Every time that I change my books out from my comiXology, I can see that little green bar, yeah. like about halfway through. It's just like, come on, you know, you have to, you have to finish me. You have to come back to me. And I'm just like, I don't have time. I, have a I don't have time. That's that way where I'm almost, where every time I read it, I'm like, okay, I must've made a lot of good progress on this one. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. No. I'll also, oh I'll say, I'll say this, and this is your fault, Aaron. I read Wake. <laughs> I hope that wasn't a first thing in the morning book you read. No, that was over the course of like three nights because I needed to pace myself for that really? book. Oh, that I, book. I could stop reading that one. That, that book was uh, heavy. That's heavy. It stuff. was. It's a heavy book. It is emotionally draining and and then eye opening and just oh my yeah. god! I actually took a screenshot of one of the pages. There is a line in that book that just devastated me i could probably share it now um so um there's a boat in this uh in this story called the unity and it's it's that moment when they're all they're jumping off of of the boat and screaming in unity it's kind of the the battle cry uh the slaves to escape their enslavement and they talk about water and how sound travels in Mm. water 
And that because it's so vast and it travels differently, that if you make a sound underwater, it can travel for sometimes hundreds to thousands of years. So all of the screams of them jumping off the boats, screaming in unity into the water when they land, echoing out all through time, that when you go to the beach and you go down into the water, you might hear <laughs> this, the, the, their cries of unity. And I'm just like, oh my God. God, I can't. I can't. There, Devastating. I'll be honest with you. There are some pages where the author, the character of the author, starts crying, and I'm like, I think I'm crying right along with, <laughs> yeah. along with them. Yeah. I love the. There's there's certain pages um, of the art. I, I the, the way that the artist uh, does hands and like. There's a couple of panels of like just zoomed in shots of people holding hands with one another as like shit's going down. That is just, it leaps right off the page and stabs me in the heart. The sinews of that. Yeah. John, uh, Neil Adams, right? It's that sort yeah. of every muscle in a finger is just straining to, to, to touch someone else. It's, it's, it's a wonderful book. And the juxtaposition of the author's struggle to get things done against the 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 oppression of the current society it's certainly different but it's still present it 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 hits home it really does yeah. aaron thank you so much yeah that was a definitely what's up i'm glad you all are like that i'm glad you all are enjoying it and, and getting something out of it I don't know enjoying might not be the right word but yeah, that's, 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 that's why yeah. i appreciate it getting something out of it yes i appreciate it i don't know if i liked it but i definitely was affected by it yeah uh big time i sure didn't feel good afterwards no i was like like once we decided to not do the awards and do the other shows i was like oh my god what is like the happiest, most endorphin-inducing book that I have right now that I can read, yeah. and then of course I read Batman. <laughs> so, yeah, <That's> <laughs> Batman will cheer me up. That that funny old Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's not a feel-good book to be. Uh, yeah, no, a, it's it. really not. But I'm I'm so I'm so grateful to have read it, and I'm really glad that you brought it to the table. Um, and I would I don't know that I would have read it outside of if we weren't doing these awards. So I think it's important to like do some kind of year end wrap up celebration thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't know that it has to be in some ways a competition. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So we will figure it out. We will, we will come around to something that's agreeable with everyone. And I think it will really kind of freshen up the, the, the process that we've been doing for a while. It's time. It's more than time. Um, Bob, how is how is your reading and uh, watching coming along? Really well. I was rereading some Runaways today just to make sure. Oh. I don't know where that's going to be. One of my big surprises, though it shouldn't be because it was recommended long before the awards by both Aaron and Professor Carolyn Coca, was Superman and Lois, which I am absolutely adoring. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I still much got some catching up with that to do, but I'm so glad you like yeah. it. Yeah. It, the, Tyler Hoechlin and uh, the way he plays Superman brings me back to George Reeves. Yeah. There's a, there's a stoicness at some levels, but there's this familial, wonderful warmth between he and the kids and Lois and setting it back in Smallville changes everything. And it, 
for those who remember Smallville, the show back then, this is not that. This is grown-up Superman and Lois and their kids navigating corporate America in the 2020s. <laughs> Lois is still Lois, even in Smallville. Great, great, great stuff. And again, I'll say it, only the second Lois I've ever liked <laughs> in any form of medium. <laughs> it really is. Which one was the first? Um, actually, no, this is the third Lois. The first one was, um, what was it? Uh, Peter J. Tomasi and whomever, what was that years oh, ago? Patrick, uh, Patrick Gleason. Patrick Gleason, yeah. Um, where it was like, I think it was like after Rebirth, uh, where yeah, they had them from like another dimension and then they finally again merged with the New 52. That Lois. Um, and then the one that, uh, the one that's in the, like, I guess it's sort of translating into the, the Superman Center of Kal-El, that Lois. And then, you know, and then has anybody been keeping up with that Batman and Superman book? Nope. That was like really fantastic for the first couple of issues. I'm still collecting it, but I've not read it in forever. I I just wrapped it up actually this weekend. And then it's morphing into world's finest by Mark Wade and Dan Mora. Wow. Yeah. So that comes out, I think in March or April. And did it, uh, was it good? Did it like, did it stay as good as it was? It was good, but they pulled Ivan Reese off, and um, the 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 last issue was it was. It, I, I'm trying to be nice. If it had a better artist, it would have landed because they had Mister Mitzelplick and the Calendar Man, and they were trying to do this thing with um, you know, the Calendar Man. It's all about the boxes and and the you know the dates and if you looked at the panels, like the panels were numbered and he realized that he was in a comic book and he could do certain things. But Paul Pelletier, who is a DC mainstay, just probably wasn't the caliber of artist to pull it off. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it after that first arc though. It kind of, it didn't, it kind of fell flat. <laughs> Sorry. I just, That's I had a the weird... worst endorsement. In I, I had a weird <laughs> visual. What did you say about calendar man and boxes just now? He's all about like uh, his crimes always fit with like a holiday or a, um, a right. date. And, and so, you know, like if you look at a calendar, the boxes, like the, the numbers that you like write notes in and stuff, he's always about marking those boxes off. And then if you think about a comic page laid out, it's all the grid boxes okay and so and so mitzelplick basically sh- says that he's it's breaking the fourth wall and so like if somebody's attacking him the panel below he can hit the people in the panel below so they're hurt and they can't attack him anymore so it's silly things like that but it's just it it needed like a, a like a like a high caliber like a joel jones or a sorrentino who can do all those panel layouts to make it work. It's just kind of like this silver age artist trying to do this high concept in a one-off issue. And it just kind of fell flat. All right. Hey, um, that's fat John. Fascinating, fascinating <laughs> stuff. Um, so this is the part of the show where we say that there were some technical difficulties, polar bear internet. Oh, Canada, all of that. Is that, is that, Got everybody? Is it all out of your system? I think that covers you. Yeah. All right. Held together by duct tape. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. Don't knock duct tape. Duct tape has saved some lives. If you can't duck it, fuck it. 
Oh, oh. oh no. Wow. And we just no. changed our rating to PG-13. I'm not. I'm I gonna, oh, gonna, that's my second one. So, I'm going to yeah. take that out of the show. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. No, man, this is a, this is a kid show. I already <laughs> talked about Batman dropping an F-bomb in the long Halloween, which is in our awards. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it down. Let's yeah. bring it back down to earth. Um, we are going to get into some lightning rounds, but before we do, Bob. Yeah, um, I want to do this earlier in the show rather than later on uh, across the weekend. Uh, we had some sad news for one of our favorite people in comics, Kristen Gutsnuck, who lost her dad uh, the other day. Father Mark was a, just from all I've read and all I've spoken to with Kristen, just a, a wonderful dad to she and her sister and, and an enterprising independent filmmaker as well made a little film called Moto Psycho, which captures that sort of late 70s, early 80s vibe. Got tons of great messages in it too. And you can see young Kristen Gutsnuck in, in this movie as well. And it was something her dad was really proud of. And at this point, Kristen is asking for people instead of sending flowers or messages, she wants people to go over to her, her dad's YouTube channel and watch his movie and comment which I just think is absolutely lovely. So if you go to uh, Kristen's Twitter, which is henchgirl underscore comic, and take a look, I think you'll you'll get a real charge out of this very indie movie, but it has a lot of stuff going on. And our the thoughts of everyone in our Talking Comics family are with Kristen and her family tonight. So absolutely. Uh, best to yep. you, Kristen. Absolutely. I was telling her the other day when I found out that um, I always enjoyed hearing about her dad and, you know, her growing up with him when she would come on to the show. And um, it's just it's devastating when something like this happens. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll make sure that we put the link to her dad's movie in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so if you go and you look in those, um, it'll be there. But uh, otherwise, Go to Kristen's Twitter and look for the link and uh, give it a watch and leave some love. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, our, our hearts go out to Kristen and her family. Yeah. Kristen is is angling to find a way. The movie's out of print, and she's angling for a way to get a reissue together. So definitely keep your eye on that. because She's done a wonderful poster for it as well. Oh, nice. All right. Let's see here. What else do we have going on? We should probably get to some lightning rounds. What do you say? Uh, Aaron, why don't you go first? You you haven't been here in a little bit. Wow, rub that in, huh? Um, <laughs> rubbing anything in. <laughs> All right. So accusatory. I did not miss this part of you being on the show. I'm sure you did. So oh, I, I did. I, um, <laughs> this is going to be the wow. Why is my nose running all of a sudden? That's weird. Um, this is going to be the most lightning of lightning rounds. I actually have three issues of one book. Mm -hmm. I read a few a, a few other things actually, um, and they actually overlap. But I've, for some reason, I was wanting to get back to this book. It was something that was just staring at me, and I don't know. Maybe it was just a vibe or mood that I was in very conspiracy oriented and all that stuff. So I jumped back into the department of truth uh, issues 12 through 14. Um, and you know, I was just as confused. <laughs> when I jumped back in James Tyne and John Pearson. Um, I don't know how to describe why this book attracts me so much. I wasn't it, it completely confused 
I'm going to jump back in. I did find myself having to go back a few issues, not read the entire issue, but look for certain markers that sort of caught me up as to what was going on. And I was sort of like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, I will say that it is one of those experiences where it's becoming clearer and clearer and clearer as we get, as I got through those issues. Um, and issue 12, um, without doing anything spoilery, you sort of get the history of Cole Turner. Cole Turner is the, if you want to call it the protagonist of the book, um, and kind of how he got on the radar of the Department of Truth through his childhood experiences. And that matters because it's a, it's one of those chicken or the egg scenarios. What, what happens first? Is it the belief of something or is it the existence of something that causes you to believe it? He played a critical role in that. But in this issue, you don't actually find out why that is. Um, we just know that we have, I don't want to say warring factions, but opposing sides with different motivations wanting to use the reality creating what phenomena that we've come to learn about the, in, during the previous 11 issues. Um, we have, we go into issue 13 um, and it kind of explains a little bit. He gets a little bit of a history of the department of truth and what those things were, how they found out what was what, and a little bit about what could be one of the biggest shocking twists I think in the book so far. Um, that's at sort of the core of everything that we have learned to associate with this core cast of the book um, and how that may impact what needs to happen in the future issue, future issues of the book and what Cole needs to do. Again, this is a very difficult book to talk about without spoiling some things because almost everything on every page is a spoiler of some sort. Um, but in issue 14, we really, really begin to learn what is going on. It really becomes crystal clear what is happening why it is happening. What becomes less clear is who is the <laughs> hero here? Who is the, who's the good guy? Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And honestly, it's not really resolved. And it almost depends on what your motivate, what your thought process is, you know, where you sort of stand with things. You just know that, you know, I, when I was reading this, I was thinking there's, I don't know if you guys have all seen that, that meme where someone says, the man who killed the, the man who killed the Batman's parents saved millions of lives <laughs> because it was like one thing created Batman and Batman has gone on to save millions of lives. It's almost like that. The, the domino effect. Yeah, there you go. But it's, it's, it's sort of like that is kind of what's happening here. And you're trying to figure out, well, if this didn't happen, then maybe that would have happened. But if you'd spin this another way, it, could be devastating to the world. Now, there's very clear outcomes that some are good, some are bad, that you kind of don't want to happen, but it's not even as clear as who's rooting for what. It was sort of like he, this person was on this side, but now they're on that side, but they're only on that side for this particular reason, but they really work for that person, which is who's clearly bad. So confusing, but still so good. <laughs> I don't know how to how, how better to explain it than that, because the Level of detail and the intricacies of the story are are just there, and it's not a story, in my opinion. It's not a story that you can just flow through. I found myself reading, I think, issue 13 late, and I think my brain was beginning to shut down, and it was literally like I was reading the same paragraph over and over again. And I realized that I didn't have the mental energy to actually read this book and follow it. And I literally picked it up first thing the next morning, and it was like I was reading a completely different book. And I was really like, wow, I didn't see that happen. When did that, I, did I miss that part? In a good way? No, it was, uh, yeah, in a good way. It was sort of like, you have to, 
you have to be 100% engaged. You can't skip through this book. You can't you can't skim through. You will miss things. You will miss the very right. detailed story that Tynion that Tynion is is telling here and it's I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know who's who and there's a I specifically mean that. I don't know who's who. Um but I am I forgot how much I was enjoying this book but before I sort of fell off those last three issues. So I'm glad I jumped back in. And so that's my lightning round. I have the Hollywood Reporter article from February of last year announcing the Department of Truth television rights being bought by uh, Elizabeth Murdoch and Stacey Snyder and Jane Featherstone. Oh, um, what's that? So they're rebooting the X- X-Files? <laughs> Kind of, I guess. Uh, Sister is the creator-focused venture that has been involved with shows such as HBO's Chernobyl and AMC's Gangs of London. Uh, And apparently LeBron James is in the mix with his Spring Hill Entertainment Hmm. label. Um, It's not that I forgot that this was happening. I'm just – I'm a little saddened to think that we haven't heard anything from it since February of last year. I mean, COVID and such, uh, of course, plays a role. But uh, I wonder where they're at with this because I feel like this probably should have gone to pilot and then like to the market. But maybe they just haven't been able to put it together because of all the restrictions and everything. So was it network or was it streaming? I can't remember. I think it's. I think it's going to be streaming. I know that um, Tynan and, Sim- and Simmons are uh, executive producing. Uh, Tynan is co-writing the script, which is awesome. But um, have you ever seen pictures of him, no. Tynan? No. He looks an awful lot like Joe Hill. Like yes. they could be yes, fraternal twins or brothers or something. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and it is terrifying how <laughs> similar they look. Have we ever seen them in the same place together? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. I feel like I met him at uh, NYCC yeah, like yes. years and years and years ago. Yes, James Tynan, not Joe Hill, though. Right. No, oh, no, I've never met see, Joe Hill. There you go. Or did you? <laughs> yeah, this whole time. <laughs> Oh my God, that's going to be the image for the show. I'm going to put one half of Joe Hill's face and one half of Tynan's face together and see what happens. Just an overlay. It'll be like the the Michael Jackson. Um, what was that video? Uh, black, black or white? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, minus the tiger and trashing the car. Maybe I can just photo that, Photoshop that all in. Uh, Department of Truth. Department of Truth is a mighty fine series, and I'm glad that um, Titan going to Substack hasn't really affected those titles yet, if at all. I don't know. I feel like we're we're supposed to be living the Substack life at this point, and I still haven't touched it. I have no idea what's going on with that, and I never see it advertised ever. It makes, Ever. Me, it makes me really curious as to what happened because I, I should I should feel inundated by it, but I'm not. Yeah, like we we travel in these circles, right? Yeah. Like we do the comics Twitter and the whole bit. Like maybe I don't keep my finger on the polls as much as I used to, but a lot of that is because there's just not a lot going on right now. Like 
we went from things picking up steam to just slamming right down on the brakes all over again. Like this year is off to a terrible start for the entertainment industry in, in any way, shape or form, like mail slowing down again, COVID restrictions are keeping theaters closed. They're, you know, killing productions. It's just, man. Yeah. But you would think a digital platform would be thriving. Yeah. As be people immune, sought out sure. content. I, I'm just surprised that I'm not seeing it advertised to me. Like I see, a thousand things like I, I see the most arbitrary things that I've talked about throughout the day, despite my microphone on my phone not being on. But then all of a sudden, while I'm cruising Instagram or something, I will get ads for the very thing that I was talking about earlier that evening. For all that I talk about Substack in front of my phone, they should be shoving that thing into my eye sockets, telling me yeah. to sign up regardless of what my moral conundrums with it are. I'm on f- well, you think about the amount of money that they dished out to these creators that they would be soliciting right? everywhere, but right? they're not. Yeah, and there are no news stories on the various news mm-hmm. sites that say, oh, the new Substack book from so-and-so, check it, it out. It was so yeah. hot. Like, it was so hot for a while, and, and then all of a sudden it was just all talk about it vanished. Maybe those checks didn't clear. We talked about like we talked about it every week for like a good month and a half, and then nothing. Well, I mean, nothing it, at all. It was a ridiculous amount of money to think that. I mean, that it, I, I didn't feel like on the up and up, and now it's starting to kind of play out that way. In my is how I'm seeing it. I don't know. I feel like there are probably some people listening to this podcast that are like, you guys are all behind the times. Like, you're all a bunch of grandpas. I've been doing the sub stack for the past few months. It's great. Send us like, an email. The best books ever. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> Honestly, like I, every now and again, I'll see Kelly Thompson tweet something out or like I'll see a creator say like, oh, I've updated my newsletter or whatever. Yeah. And there'll be a sub stack link. But like, that's, I mean, unless that's part of the deal that you are your own promoter and they don't do advertising for stuff, which would be insane to me. But you'd want to put out like some images of your books, like like the teaser to make me Something. want to, tell me, tell me, to go to Substacks and, and get that. Yeah, I don't even, I don't see, even see. Yeah, like oh, I can finally talk about the cover. You know, I could finally show the cover that I did for X on Substack yeah. this fall or whatever. And like, I've not seen any of that stuff. It's all right. just it's all just doom scroll material lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sad reality that we live in. All right, enough. Enough, Steve. No. Relax. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> You're going to wake up and it's all going to be gone. Um, let's do another lightning round. <laughs> 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 ah! Anyway, I just needed to get that out. Uh, Aaron. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> Oh. Have Aaron go again? That would have been fun. Yeah, that was the joke. <laughs> Scene one, take two. Hilarious. All right, Bob, seriously. All righty. It seems like I made the right call with the Marvel Darkhold mini event as buying just the Alpha and Omega issues, well, plus the Wasp one shot, just because. Well, that didn't impact either my enjoyment or my comprehension of the thing. So I saved a whole bunch of money. Wanda's long-standing struggles with the demon Shathan have brought her into the other realm, 
where her hoped for defenders have been turned against her by that self-same book. With her only ally being Victor Von Doom, can the Scarlet Witch survive? Well, Steve Orlando, Sean Torme, Roberto Taji, Mark Deering, Walden Wong, Jesus Arbutov, and Clayton Cowles. Well, they'll let you know, because I won't. Read it yourself. Um, Black Widow number 13 by Kelly Thompson, Raphael T. Pimentel, Jordi Belair, and Corey Pettit. It's a flashback issue that provides the context for Natasha's Oh God, no, I can't do this again comment at the end of last issue as she encountered the Living Blade. This is a book-length battle where all of Natasha's skills are needed not to win, but to merely survive. So formidable is her adversary. Mr. Pimentel's art was a sort of, I don't know, quick-cut cinematic style that, that propels the action really well, I thought. And all while Ms. Belair's colors, well, they adopt the older sort of dot matrix pattern that makes yep. 80s comics, you know, so what they were. So I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, Ms. Thompson also crafts an inner monologue for Natasha that really showcases her determination while also hinting at a certain fear that she might not be able to walk away from this fight. So, all good, as always, with Black Widow. Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number two, by Marike Nishkemp, Enid Balam, Oren Jr., Brittany Peer, Chris Peter, and Joe Caramagna. Well, that brings us deeper into the mystery of her long-lost sister, Susan, and resort Chapitol. And that's by only giving us Another one or two mysteries to deal with, or as Kate puts it, this resort has everything. Jewel heist, kidnappings, clowns. Pool time must be spectacular for guests to keep visiting. <laughs> now, by the by, the final page, we're, we're also added mind control zombie guests to the menu. So, look, I'm just really looking forward to next issue. This has been sensational. A couple of quick hitters here. Captain Marvel 35, also by Kelly Thompson, Sergio Davila, Sean Parsons, Jesus Arbutov again, and Clayton Cowles is part four of Last of the Marvels, where Carol's new but familiar additional power set has helped turn the tide against the plans of Vox Supreme. Next issue promises a battle royale that looks incredible. Speaking of looking incredible, Adventure Man number seven by Matt Fraction, Terry and Rachel Dodson, and Clayton Cowles is all Latin Vega chips, and the words are great too. Last but not least, the charmingly meta Elvira Meets Vincent Price number 4 by David Avalon, Juan Samu, Walter Pereira, Taylor Esposito, and Elizabeth Charlin. Well, their Egyptian escapade comes to a raucous close thanks to some ancient gods and a bootleg DVD. But hey, the Mistress of the Dark and the Master of Menace have one more job to do, at least according to the next issue teaser, that is. So I do hope it is continuing, and I'm done. nicely done i'm sitting over here playing with pictures of joe hill and james (laughs) titan this is gonna be fun i'll send it to you guys when it's done um what did i read of yours bob let me uh take a look here i definitely read um the Black Widow. I know what you were saying about the the art. It reminded me a little bit of some of the art we've been seeing in crossover uh, for a time. That that pop art style, mm-hmm. like the stippling. Yep. Um, it was cool. It was it was one of those things where I opened it and immediately I was like, "This isn't Elena Casagrande." 
Um, while I I prefer and definitely missed the Elena Casagrande art, I understand that like every now and again you got to chill for an issue because you got to catch up and you know not run yourself ragged. But I really did enjoy uh, the book overall, story and art together. Um, a cool like breather issue art wise and definitely propelling the story in some interesting directions. And that is a, that is a foe and a half. Like she was, she was getting carved up in that issue. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She better find a night nurse or something. Cause uh, she's in bad shape by the end of that thing. Uh, Aaron, did you read uh, black? I did. Widow? I did. I, I, that was one of the first books that I jumped into when I was just like, I need to read something that's going to be fun. And it's going to sort of, you know, take me on a ride. I really enjoyed that book. So here's the thing with that book that's so bizarre to me. I don't quite know how he, how she does this, but the scenarios that Black Widow, that you know, that Natasha finds herself in are just unbelievably bizarre. You know, they are very comic booky, very sort of, you know, I get it, secret agent-y and assassin-y, but they're all so bizarrely out there. Yet somehow they're able to weave in enough notes of reality yes. to make you buy it and to make it make sense. <laughs> um, right down to that final scene, that final expression that that was the reprieve that sort of made it not so much about the good guy battling the, the, the inexplicable mustache twirler, but rather there obviously being something there that put them on this path together that we don't quite know about yet, but you know, it, it is what it is, but and it matters. So I really just, I really enjoyed that. It was very clear, very obvious to me. Nice. How about you, John? What, um, what did you think? Oh, let me get this in front of me. Hawkeye. Yes. That's the word. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, that's my I, fault. Sorry. No, about I've been enjoying this. Uh, I wasn't sure going into it, but uh, my my uh, comic shop has a standing order to pull anything Kate Bishop. Uh, as you do, <laughs> as you do, and I, I I I I like the art. I like the story. I, I like I like the the mystery of it. If this villain the villainous group turns out to be who I think it is, I'm going to be very happy because I have not seen them in a comic book for some time, but. You got circus, you got mind control. I think it can only be one thing, uh, but I, I I just love Kate and and I love I love the mystery. I love that that the pizza dog is there, and I, I did not know Kate has a sister. Is this the first time we've met the sister that I can recall? Yeah, I yeah I, I don't, don't remember, remember her. I don't either. remember any of this, but it makes sense. It's comics. Let's go with it. Yeah, long lost sisters. Be, yeah, yeah. You, they they show up from time to time. Always. Or evil twins. It all works. Yeah. Clones. You know, yeah. it happens. We've been getting uh, inundated with a lot of um, Kate Bishop stuff between the Hawkeye show and this. It's almost Pretty like nice. they released this on purpose at this You'd time. you think, right? <laughs> almost. Those clever marketing people. Well, we always complain when they don't they don't jump on something. And, and it's true. Here, here they do. And, and it, this is a good entry level into it and did anybody catch the um picture on the wall of, of her hotel room mm, no it's her shark it's the land shark. oh yes oh, yeah. yes i did i did yeah <laughs> which which reminds me steve in a in the issue 38 of runaways she's wearing a jeff the land shark hat yes uh molly yeah. yep 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it's the it's the strongest of the the Hawkeye um, runs for me. Like as far as how it's starting, uh, I was a little put off by the setting of the book. But I think with with each issue that's coming out, um, as we're getting more and more of it, I'm starting to see where it's going. I I kind of wish that, like for as much as I love just following Kate, I kind of wish that some other characters were there to make it feel more like it's a part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's not bad to give her a, a solo mission. And of like course, the, Lucky is there as well. Yeah. I like the text between, uh, is it Cassie and uh, America? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it feels kind of linked. And I, I hope that that's just, true. Yeah. I've got, I that. hope that, that the fact that she's going back to New York and they're there, that maybe we're going to get this young Avengers thing going again. Uh, maybe there's hope. So. Yeah. Hey, there's a TV show about that coming out too, Marvel. Mm. Make this happen. <laughs> Do my bidding. <laughs> Cater your entire media empire to my whims. Awesome. Um, I feel like they've been doing that for a little while, at least for us. <laughs> uh, but they could always do more. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm glad to hear that you didn't have to spend an arm and a leg to read the uh, Dark Hold stuff. Up. I I didn't need to read those other twenty dollars worth of books. I was just fine with Alpha and Omega and my little Wasp sidebar. Nice, uh, Aaron. Where are you at on this uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel business? I just wanted to say I don't know who any of those other characters are other than Monica Rambeau, but I want to team up with all of them. Yes. That's that's all I wanted to say about that. I just, I really, really, don't get me wrong. I still love my Carol, but I really just wanted to see more of them because I was like, I want to know what their situation is. Then that final scene where you know everyone shows up, I was almost like, we don't need you here. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, but it's Car- it's Carol's sister. No, that one was fine. Okay, it's the other interlopers. That I didn't interlopers. Boy, I haven't heard that one in a long time. Nice. (laughs) I I didn't need to have them show up. I wanted to keep it all in the family, so to speak. And I just, uh, I don't know. There was just something about that sort of connection of people because I felt like they were leading toward a mystery, especially when they kept saying, that's not the real, but is that the real? And then who that other random Phil Donahue looking guy was, I don't know who that was. I think it's Phil Donahue. It could be. You never know. Haven't seen him in a while. Um, but I just, <laughs> I, I, we used to go for brunch. You know, we used to hang out. He hasn't called anymore. Um, Cole Marlowe, she'll, she'll, she'll get it, yeah. Damn Oprah. Um, but I don't, I don't, I, I, that structure, that team structure for me, we've been saying in the past how we like that. I don't know. We've got, I think we've been going back and forth how we like that Carol has her own person in this book, but also that they had, she has this cast of characters. Yes. around her who supports love that really just wanted to see her with this sort of family group and sort of connect with them and i really just enjoyed all of them so yeah i really enjoyed this book yeah her new powers we don't know where that's going to go yet but that's a real interesting twist kelly thompson has provided it got kind of weird though with the whole all right go back yeah. <laughs> like all right well go back and read some really old x-men like reversed reverse John, I don't know if you've seen the images, but there's... she binary again? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I'm, I'm, I'm woefully behind. I've been reading it on 
comics or on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, to, to get her out of a of a tight spot, she manifested extra powers, and they're sort of coalescing into an image of binary. Cool. I love separate binary. separate from her own body <laughs> that might actually be a separate individual. We don't know yet. We don't know what's happening here. It's very mysterious. Yeah. Can't get can't the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. Could be. That's she can't get the genie back in the bottle. That's it. Speaking of not being able to get the genie back in the bottle, I think I just let one out by creating this image that I'm going to send you guys in the chat right now. I uh, I give you I hear you giggling in the background. I give you Joe Tynan. <laughs> there you go. Yes. This is a great radio. Great radio. I'm totally making it the image for the show. They'll see. Please it. do. Yes. I hope they're friends. I'm telling you. I just hope they're friends. They will be after this. Just go, you've, you've, you've gene spliced them together, sort of like Brutal yeah. Fly. Yeah, it's great. You're like, I, did you see this garbage from the Talking <laughs> Comics podcast? What are they on over there? Maybe we should go on that show and tell them something. <laughs> yeah, if they, came on to, if they came on together, we could prove they were two different people. Right? Like, prove us wrong. Prove yeah, us wrong. On, go on. Dining and Joe Hill. Prove us wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could do our little show. You've got nothing else better to do. Joe, if your dad's not busy, have him stop by too. What's going on with that Department of Truth show, James? I want it. Anyway. Um, this is a weird episode this week. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's move on. Did you know that Linda McCartney and David Bowie are also the same person? Well, we're the same person. You never saw them together either. Circa 1974, I... you look at pictures. They're the same person. Same haircut and everything. <laughs> Could be onto something. I think so. All right, John. All right. You know what Aaron needs? He oh, needs boy. some Damian Wayne. Oh. <laughs> oh, suck it. Suck it. <laughs> All right. You know who needs Damian Wayne? The mortician. That's who needs Damian Wayne. Ow. Well, how about his new girlfriend, Flatline? Uh, <laughs> well, there's a good all right. Idea. Yeah, I all right. So, I took a I took a little sidebar from uh, awards reading to catch up on my bat books. Uh, I did, read Robin number six through eight, uh, which is Joshua Williamson and Gleb Melnikov with high fi colors and Troy Pateri on letters. So, uh, Robin, uh, Damien has returned to Lazarus Island to finish the Lazarus Tournament organized by the League of Lazarus. Does anybody see a theme here? Um, it's uh, This this book has been a, pretty much a Enter the Dragon Bloodsport tournament from its beginning. Uh, it's all about this island that is connected to a Lazarus pit, and it needs to feed off the death of, this, of uh, these combatants to release something that is buried beneath it um shang song the uh the lazarus pit there you go Rebuilding. uh and by the time we get to issue number nine which i have i did not get around to it yet but i will read it soon you have the battle of the dc bastards damian <laughs> wayne versus connor hawk so you got Batman's offspring versus Green Lantern or Green Arrow's uh, uh, little 
love child. Oh, that sounds and, like a Jared Springer episode. Oh yeah. Well, we, we got Donahue. We'll get Springer. We'll Maury, uh, Maury, Maury come out and do the DNA <laughs> test. Exactly. Little side note: as a high school teacher, I always feel bad for. I know every time those Maury shows are on, some kid is going to turn to his friend next to him and go, "Hey, Bobby, isn't that your mom?" Oh, no. <laughs> And it's just going to be like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Sorry. You wanted to get really different and weird, Steve. There we go. Um, I blacked out for, like, a good 45 for, seconds just now. For, I have no idea what you said. First time Maury Povich has ever been mentioned on this show. There we is go. Is Dr. Phil still alive? Yes, and making millions of dollars telling people common sense truth. Why is there a line in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Jake says, Dr. Phil, R.I.P.? I don't know. Uh, he's still alive. Been, though he is, he is as much a doctor as Dr. Manhattan. That has been bugging me for years. We've watched that show so many times and I've heard it. I'm like, am I hearing it the wrong way? But he says, Dr. Phil, RIP. And I'm like, dude is still breathing. Yes, he anyway. is. Yes, he is. Maybe not in the Brooklyn Nine-Nine universe. <laughs> oh, well. I don't know. I just watched the final season. That that show that was good. That was good stuff. I was sorry to see it go. The last season was a little rough, but it was still good. Doctor Phil. I think the last season. The last season. Oh, I think they were really trying. What What's is that, happening? Bob? What's <laughs> happening right now? We're talking about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, this is what people Dr. want to hear. Bob was still with Doctor Phil. Back to back to comics. Go ahead, John. All right, Robin. Uh, I, this has been a different Robin book. It's been more linked to Ra's al Ghul and Damien's uh, history with the the uh, League of Assassins and all that. It's got some cool art. It's fun diversion from the other Bat books. I know. Uh, Damien isn't our favorite Robin, but he kind of is. Speak for yourself. (laughs) The consensus of the group's favorite Robin. Um, But this has been, this has been some fun stuff. Uh, Oh no, more technical difficulties. I don't know. Canada broke again. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, Robin, Robin's been a fun read. I don't know how much longer this is going to go on or if uh, if they're going to pick up this, the, this story or where this story goes next. But uh, Robin away from Gotham isn't a bad thing. Uh, next, I read Batman. Read. <laughs> the Batman 2021 annual James Tynan and Ricardo Lopez Ortiz with Romulo Fajardo Jr. on colors and Clayton Cowles on letters. Um, this is a very much game of death like scenario where Ghostmaker has fought his way across Devil Skull Island to face every one of his rogues gallery to reach the final level and take out Madame Midas, who might be his greatest nemesis ever. Uh, this, this annual basically finishes up the backup tales from the main bat book uh, prior to the fear state. I wasn't really sold on Ghostmaker when he was first introduced, but, but I've kind of have a fondness for him now. Yeah, uh, you do. I, I Yeah, I do. I liked it. I like him in the fear state. I like his uh, interactions with Harley Quinn. This this annual felt like a traditional annual where it's telling a, a side story and Batman's in it for a little bit. But uh, I like the art. I like the. It was quirky. It was cartoony. It wasn't something that I'd probably want for a regular Bat book, but it fit into this. And and if you're gonna have a, a fun annual, this is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then. Batman number 119, Joshua Williamson and Jorge Molina 
with Tomo Murray on colors and Clayton Cowles on letters. Batman has left Gotham in the wake of the fear state. He is still broke by Bruce Wayne standards, which I will take any day of the week. Um, his first stop is to investigate the death of the villain Abyss at the hands of Batman Incorporated. Remember them? Remember that book? That was a great book. Uh, Grant Morrison and was it Chris Burnham? Yeah. 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 It had its it had its moments. It had its moments. Oh, you you wouldn't it's on my list. It's on my list. I just haven't gotten to it. Yeah. All right. Everything everything isn't as it seems, and is Abyss even really dead? Uh how and the this has just been an interesting new take on Batman. Uh, Lex Luthor's arrived and apparently he has taken over Batman Incorporated. Uh, you got Batman on a budget and he doesn't have all the toys that he's used to. And getting Batman out of Gotham, not a bad thing right now because after the Fear State and the Joker War and the City of Bane, uh, maybe it's time to let that city have a little respite and let some other people protect it while Batman goes on a global tour. Williamson has some big shoes to fill. Uh, I mean, we've we've come off of, you know, we had Scott Snyder, and then we had King, and then we had Tynan, and, and it's Williamson's turn now. I think he, I think he has the chops to do it. Um, I think it's smart for him to take Batman out of Gotham rather than just tell another Gotham tale with the classic rogues gallery. Uh, I'm sure he can get to that eventually. I want to see where this goes. Molina's art is nice. It's it, it's it's a departure from Jorge Jimenez, who was so stunning and so stylish. And then even with some of the the people on the book with uh, King. Uh, but let let's see this breathe. Every every time the new Batman writer or new Batman creative team has come on, we've all felt a little trepidatious at the beginning and within the first arc we were all in love with it and this might still have that potential so i will stick it out and i will let you know next month how it continues and i'm done now is this the batman issue that introduces another new robin who might be my favorite does i was gonna say bob you need to check this out because the backing story is by carl kershaw and it is Maps, Maps. from Gotham Academy. And she yep. is on a case of a missing oh. classmate who's kind of a friend. And wow, does she come to the aid of a caped crusader. And it is, I, I hope this, I'm sure they'll collect this all when it's done. But uh, it, it was so delightful to see Maps again. And to have Kershaw doing the artwork. It, it, it was a surprise. I was not expecting it. Cause I just, I wasn't paying attention, but damn, it was fun. Yeah. I did one of those like, no way. Yeah. When I got to that page. I hadn't heard about it. And then I was, I was reading this uh, the night before last and you know, it ends as every comic does with like the bump, bump, bump. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh man, Batman's in a spot. And I turned the page and I was just like, no way. <laughs> I, thought they were doing, I thought they were doing a preview for like one of their, um, 
like one of the you know how they've been the young adults been like the pages from the young adults i was like yeah. no way are they doing this and then i kept oh. reading I'm like no this is the backup story this is awesome okay and just to point this out because i didn't make this connection the other night and i'm not sure what it means for the story but the story is called they make great pets that's a porno for pyro's reference Absolutely. so what? that's pretty that's pretty cool i like that them in forever perry pharrell nice yeah, I saw them second stage Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. 1990... It would have been 94, 93, 94. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I only went there, to two friend. of them. I was there. I went to two of them. Tool headlined with Orbital for one. And then, uh, oh God, what was it? I can't remember. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here. Yeah, I um I know what you mean about like warming up to the new Batman. It's definitely I think it's going to take me a couple of issues to really settle in. Uh I really like the design of the new character. It's kind of like um the Phantom from Ma- of the Phantasm. Ooh. The, oh, the it's like Mask of the Phantasm like went to Fortnite college or something and came back <laughs> or I'm- not not Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm with you, but I felt it looked a little bit too much like Ghostmaker. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was different enough. But I think if you're going to introduce a new villain and then have the, a new character introduced just a few months earlier, you might want to distinguish him more. But I did. I was getting heavy Mask of the Phantasm vibes too. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take back my Fortnite reference and replace it with the Purge. There was definitely a purge mask that had like light up X's for eyes. And I've totally seen this mask in the spirit Halloween for the last two (laughs) years running. So it's neat. Like I, you know, every, every back creator seems to, I mean, obviously they all want to put their own spin on it. But one of the things that I've noticed with uh, Tynan's run and now Williamson's taking over, everybody likes to introduce new bat gadgets or, like bat uh, artillery mm-hmm. and there's like this infrared green uh, night vision cowl switching thing that Batman has in his visor that he can change like the output of his vision, which I thought was really neat. And like, yeah. if there's more stuff like that, that'll be fun. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's off to an interesting start. It's not as flashy as I think the Tynan run, the, the Tynan run really hit the ground running with some wacky stuff that it it kind of it took me a moment to really grasp what was happening with all of that. This is coming in a little bit more muted, a little bit grittier than that stuff, and a little bit more um, I don't know, did like detective driven. Well, I think Joshua Williamson is definitely a meat and potatoes kind of creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right to, to the core of characters understands them wants to tell those stories that will resonate for everyone at once. And then maybe he will branch out once he goes, but I think he's going to feel his way a little bit early by just saying, here's some Batman stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that moment with Luthor when he's sitting down to dinner and he just, he just, he pulls like a uh, Joker burns the money moment Mm -hmm. in this, in this scene. I was just like, Oh man, you just like you just pissed in the face of the past. You yeah. little bald badass. Look at you. <laughs> I can't even keep up with Luther though. I was like, is this the JLA Luther? Is this Luther supposed to be? I mean, I'm just so disconnected. Where is he today? With him. 
Well, apparently he's still a billionaire who is uh, flying all around the country and just doing whatever the hell he wants. He's certainly in the human target uh, is by he? Tom King right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a big focal point of that book. He's the whole reason that Chance is in the mess that he's in. Tune in next time. That book is fantastic. Same human target time. Same human target channel. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Robin sounds like fun. Eventually I need to catch up with those. I still have only read the first issue. Uh, I want to get back to that after next week. I know Aaron's in trouble too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me and Aaron. Aaron forever. Uh-huh. Damien. Aaron loves he loves Damien his wallpaper yeah. on his phone. I ran mm-hmm. out of toilet paper, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I showed you the, the side comments that we get about Damien. You know, it would throw down this whole fallacy that he doesn't like him. Really? Wow. I don't know if there's a more pure hate for a character than Aaron's dislike for Damien. Oh, it's a it's a bit by now. I would. I think. don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Go for it. Listen, you can believe what you want to believe. <laughs> but if that bitch never goes to pay any one of my books ever again, I would be okay. <laughs> ever. Now, if that's a bit, fine. <laughs> I don't believe but it. I'm telling you right now, I don't need him. Y'all can keep trying to repackage him every which way, but he's still a little dick. Where do you <laughs> let me ask you this? Where do you stand on Bat Cow? Are you pro Bat Cow? Listen, I'll have I'll have a good burger every now and again. <laughs> Just saying. Are you Listen, all right, Damien? Damien, the, uh, I they almost had me. I will be honest; they almost had me. Um. Tomasi and Gleason almost had. Him. Oh, the Super then Sons. They, yeah. Then they no. Then they brought him back to life. Oh, and they killed him back in Batman and Robin. Killed, yeah. I was that's like, that silent issue was so amazing. It yeah, was so was, good. Yeah. I was. I could have if they had let him go. Then I would have left him with a good memory. Yeah. But even dying didn't stop you from being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you still came back and chose to be an asshole. So yeah, no. I you should learn a lesson that. when you come back from the dead, like Bucky, right? Yeah. You know, one would think. Yeah. One would think. You know, Your dad has to go home. all the way to Apocalypse to revive you, and then you still come back as a little a hole. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should uh, they should cross over into the Marvel universe and talk to the X Men and do some of those augmentations for when they bring them back the next time. Yeah. Just have Emma Frost slap him silly, yeah. Yeah, be like you dial down the attitude a little bit. A couple tweaks. Nah. I love him just the way he is. I'm sure we'll get tweets about this. So, you know, come at me, bro. Nah, we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll survive. Nobody it. tweets us anymore. <laughs> dark. So dark. All right. Uh, is it my turn? It Are you spelling your first book correctly? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You ever been to Buckhead, Washington, Bob? Uh, Washington, D.C. or Washington State? I don't know. Okay. I'm guessing Washington State. Okay. No, I haven't. Because I think uh, Toba, who is the main character in this book, was actually excited to move to D.C. and then found out otherwise and was pissed. So, 
Uh, this is okay. So this book is called with a B, Buckhead. Okay, I thought it was okay, a title. Buck, <laughs> Buckhead one and two, written by Shoba, with art by George uh, uh, Cambadays, and letters by Jim Campbell. Everything sucks now that Toba's mom has accepted a new job. His family will have to move to a new state. He'll have to enroll in a new school where he'll have to try uh, making new friends. That's always a bummer. Uh, high school is hard enough without being the new kid. But what if your school was hiding a virtual reality simulator that gives you your first clue as to where your missing father disappeared to all those years ago? Bum, oh. bum, bum. You'd be pretty freaked out. Never mind the invisible walls set up around town, the boogeyman dressed in dark suits, and the young woman who lives in a haunted house at the end of your street. Oh my God, what is happening? This is a total what the F is happening kind of book, and I am excited to see where it goes so far. Uh, I found that I can only trust two characters that are involved in this story, uh, and other characters that I thought were on the level have since disappeared. Unreliable so, narrators in a comic? I can't believe it. Right? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that they'll be coming back either, so that oh. makes me sad because I, I actually really like them. Uh, Buckhead is a sci-fi story populated by killer robots, alternate dimensions, and so far, only two of the characters can be trusted. I also dig the art a lot. It's got a great color palette. It does some really neat things with pattern overlays. Uh, you could really see it in shirt patterns, the fade of Toba's haircut, uh, the fur on a dog named Shadow that looks like it could bite your face off if you're not careful, but he also looks like a good boy. Uh, I'm into it. It's weird enough to keep me interested, and I hope that the fate of the characters that I was enjoying isn't as grim as I'm being led to believe. Uh, seriously, bring them back. They were fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else do I got here? No notes for this one. Oh, boy. Wing it. A Thing Called Truth. Uh, I mentioned this last week when we were talking about books that we were going to be picking up. I said I was going to pick up number three. I did. And I read uh, issues numbers one through three. This is written by Ilanda Zanfardino with art by Eliza Romboli. Uh, the story begins with Dr. Magdalene Troma? Trauma? Tromer spell. I don't know. There's spell? a weird. There's a weird little accent mark uh, above one of the letters, uh, and that always screws me uh, up. Umlaut. Two little yes. dots. It's kind yes. of a. It's you press it sort of like a schwa. Remember the schwa back when. Trom tromer. Trom trom tromer. Yeah, there you go. Doctor Magdalene Tromer uh, and Dorian Wildfang. What are they trying to do to me with these names? <laughs> Um, so the good doctor is one of these types of people who has just buried herself inside of her work and has sabotaged herself and her life by doing so. She lives, eats, breathes, and poops her work and her study, and she's trying to heal the world and help the world. She's going to figure out how to do it, but everything, including her marriage, uh, goes by the wayside, and she ends up being very alone and not really living her life at all, except for the people who, after she figures it all out, fire her, <gasps> lock her out of her own research, steal it, 
and basically send her on this like life crisis bender. She's got uh, urgent notices coming in through her mail slot and her husband's calling her to sign the divorce papers. Her life is an absolute mess until Dorian Wildfang, basically telling you what happens in the first issue, by the way, she steals uh, Magdalene's car, which Magdalene is sleeping off a hangover in the back seat of when she takes it. And so basically, Dr. Magdalene, she wakes up. She's like, what are you doing in my car? What the hell is happening? And Dorian basically explains to her that her brother has passed away. And to honor his memory, she is following a journal of he was like a film buff. And he wanted to go to the places where great movie shots were filmed and basically recreate those scenes and those shots at these places around the world. So this turns into like kind of like a crowded globe trotting thing between these two characters and the police get involved at some point. Uh, the first issue opens with them getting chased by the cops and like blowing through um, what are the little the little things that stop you when you're pulling out of a parking lot before you put the ticket in. What the hell do you call those? Why, why can't I think of it? Go for it. <laughs> Oh come on! Somebody's got to know the, the arm that comes down, right? The, yeah, the, the little, yeah, you, you down, got right? it. You got it. The little thing, anyway. Um, and it kind of has like that vibe of like, let me tell you how we got here, kind of thing. Rewind and find out this wacky relationship and friendship. And anyway, it's very much a book about this wild card, basically teaching this person who's been mired in their own creation and in their own work to grab life. Uh, and and just live it and run with it. And she basically says, you're going to come with me on this trip. We're going to go to these places. We're going to reenact these scenes. We're going to honor my brother and you're going to find yourself in the process. And so, of course, you know, they get into all kinds of shenanigans on the way and basically three issues into the book. Uh, it is just p- like pedal to the metal, nonstop, very funny, very personal. And absolutely gorgeous to look at. I was trying to think of some comparisons for like art style and stuff like that, but it's the kind of thing that you just need to see. It's got a really great energy to it. And uh, reminds me a little bit of Crowded, like I said earlier. That's actually, that's a good comparison uh, for kind of the look and feel for this. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad that I took a, took a, a whatever on it, you'd call it. A, flyer. a chance, yeah, flyer. chance, a, a flyer. flyer. There you go. Good Lord. Ah. All right. It's a good thing that people that listen to the show know to expect this crap from me. <laughs> uh, the last thing that I want to talk about, something very special. Uh, I teased last episode that soon I will be guesting on our sister podcast, which is uh, Thirsty on Tune. That comes out every other week. That is from Bronwyn and Chris. Uh, I am going to be their first guest. And we are going to be talking about the webtoon created by Mike Birchall with edits by H.B. Klein and letters and assistance by Kayla Smith and music by Musature. Everything is fine is the title of this is it no. webtoon. See, that's the thing. I read episodes one through 35 of this thing. Everything is not fine. Okay? Nothing is fine in this. And I don't want to talk about it for too long because I want to save 
a lot of my energy and observations for when I, I guest on oh, the show. Thanks um, a lot. Well, thanks a lot. We're re- we're recording it this week. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. It'll be it'll be out in a couple of episodes from now. You'll, you'll hear it eventually. You'll probably hear it sometime in uh, February, if I had to guess. But um, so it's always interesting because Bronwyn and, and, and Chris both were like, you need to read this. We're telling you, you need to read this. This is a this is a comic that was made for you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I've like award stuff to do. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then when they told me when we were recording, I was like, okay, I have to read this thing now because if I don't read it now, then I'm not going to be ready. Um, oh my god, this is. I open this up, and I'm like, all right, okay, this is. There's something weird about this, but I don't. I don't. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. This is a Steve book. This is weird. Uh, how do I describe this to you? It is about a couple named Sam and Maggie. They are living in, I don't know. They're living in like a Pleasantville, WandaVision-y kind of neighborhood where they're humans, but everyone is also wearing cat masks and not just like masks have you ever seen the movie frank anyone no uh michael fassbender with like the giant uh kind of like almost like like pixel art head no okay well that blows everything i was just (laughs) uh look it up book this sounds like it's up bob's alley no 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 this is not a furry book this is a (laughs) this is a book where once things start to unravel it gets somehow the weird gets weirder and characters start to turn on one another. And my favorite thing about this book, I absolutely love the delivery of the story and kind of like the portioning out the breadcrumbs, the information as to what may or may not be happening. I've only gotten to the end of like, they're calling it season one and so the next the next chapters of this webtoon will be coming out sometime in 2022. Uh, they said early mid 22 uh, ish, but I cannot wait to get back to it. It is so gripping and so I was so like unnerved by there's like a vibe and a tone to this book where. You just feel like anything can happen at any moment. And there's so many little quiet, awkward moments that really linger. There's something about the format of Webtoon of how you have to scroll to read it. It's not a page for page type of thing. I haven't, I have granted, I haven't read a lot of Webtoon stuff, but nothing that I've read so far has used the format as coolly as this one does. Like this takes full advantage of making you scroll and scroll to really hang in the moment and wait for the delivery of information. There's this one point where you're kind of reliving this character's trauma. And I won't say exactly what happens, but there are characters that fall from a very, very tall place. And you have to scroll and scroll and scroll as you're following them down as they're falling and I was scrolling for like a good 25, 30 seconds and it kept going. And it really, really made me feel 
that like inertia and descent, like the art changes and it gets very angular and it kind of leads your eyes and attention in a certain way that you're like floundering as you're scrolling through these pages. And it was so wicked. Uh, There was another point in the series where there was totally like a shining uh, opening uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, where you're following the car out to the um, is that the Outlook Hotel that yeah. it's called, Bob? Yep. Um, so they're kind of recreating that in the comic, and as I'm scrolling, music starts to filter in, like actual music. Uh, Webtoons allows you to program songs into your comics, so like I started one of the issues, and this creepy, foreboding unnerving music starts to play in the background as I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, following this path toward wherever it is I'm going in the story. I'm trying to be vague because I don't want to spoil anything, but it was such a cool and unique way to experience a story. And I was like, this is how you use Webtoon. Like this is awesome to take advantage of, of the capabilities that this app has, this platform has. And uh, I don't know, like the more that I dig into the Webtoon stuff, there's so much good stuff on there. And you can read a val- like I read this entire thing for free. It's all there. Like there's no buying of coins. There's no gatekeeping. You could read the entire thing for free on Webtoon. Uh, it's called Everything is Fine. Everything is not fine <laughs> in this series. Um, honestly, if I and I said this to Chris and to Bronwyn, and they'll probably give me crap about it on the show when I do the episode. But had I read this before we did our awards, I would have tried like hell to convince you all to put this on a list of some kind. It's that good. It's it's very, very cool. So that's what I read. I read a bunch of other stuff too, but that was what I wanted to bring to the table. Buckhead. A thing called truth and everything is fine. Any questions or comments? Well, you mentioned poop. <laughs> What's that, John? I said it's a very Steve week. Sure. <laughs> of your books. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Bob, you were saying? No, I was just saying you, you mentioned poop in terms of a thing called truth. Why did you mention poop? <laughs> In a thing called, um, yeah, and you're leading to a thing called truth. You talked about poop. I don't know. Is the whole B day thing? I'm not sure. I'm... Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Sure, no. That was I'm just you know. I uh, okay. I'll read you my notes for a thing called truth. The story begins with Doctor Magdalene Taroma and Dorian Wildfang. The end. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> That's all I had for that. So that was all off the cuff. Well, it was nicely done. Thank you. I don't know why I mentioned poop. Right. Madeline Trolla. Obviously, that name is sort of a Victor Von Doom sort of thing, right? She's not a nice person, we're saying? Uh, no, she's she is a nice person. She's just, she's she's like, she's consumed by her work and by herself. And she she made a big discovery at the start of the book. And that discovery was snatched away from her. And she was locked away from it. And it, it devastated her. Yeah. Okay. Sounds more like yeah. trauma. Like she's going through trauma. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a little too on the nose. <laughs> eh, sometimes I mean, being it could, on the nose is okay. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Uh, it's really good. It's really, um, I like, 
I like stories where you feel like you have a good grasp on who your characters are right away. And A Thing Called Truth does a really, really great job of setting up its two leads immediately, like letting you know who they are, where they stand, you know, why they're in this thing together. And you can already see the seeds being planted of Magdalene kind of letting loose a little bit in this story and starting to taste life outside of her work. Uh, I think it's eventually going to dawn on her that all the time and effort that she put into her work for it to be snatched away. I think that's going to come back to haunt her. That feels like a issue four or five kind of thing, kind of like crisis of whatever. But um, I like the, the balancing act that's going on between the two characters, very character driven thing. And uh, there was another piece of information that I won't spoil here uh, from Dorian's end of it that I'm now, I really want to read the next one because I'm wondering what is she then going to do knowing that it was kind of all for nothing. And, and now she needs to make a decision as to whether or not she lies to Magdalene because she sees what the trip is doing for her and, and Dorian's view of what they're doing has changed by the end of the third issue. So it's, it's interesting. I really liked it. I feel like eventually when everything sort of calms down with the year end stuff, I'm going to dip my toe into some webtoon stuff, but I can't commit to anything right now. Yeah. Well, I know two people that uh, will be more than happy to just dump like 150 different titles into your lap. So, um, and the cool thing about webtoon is that you can subscribe to stuff and then just like, let it cook for a while, let it simmer. And like, by the time you actually get around to it, you'll have X amount of more episodes to, uh, to enjoy. I'm following a whole bunch of stuff that uh, once we're done, I'm going to be mixing in a little bit of webtoon talk myself uh, into the show every now and again. It's good stuff. It's lots of like super creative people. There's some really gorgeous artwork. Some of the artwork on webtoon. I, I, Bronwyn shows me pages when she's reading them. I'm just like, get out of here. Really? Wow. Uh, just like full on fantasy stuff. Like, uh, and I mean more, more so than that too, but um, lots of really great relationship drama and uh, some really, really, really funny things too. And stuff is short too. Like, it could take you no time at all, or you can find something that you can really sink your teeth into. Um, like something like Lore Olympus will take you a couple of days to get caught up with. Uh, whereas I read Everything is Fine in like an afternoon. So um, I highly recommend Everything is Fine. If you want to get a taste for how weird stuff on Webtoon can get, it's very intense um, and very unnerving. And a lot of fun. So, all right. Let's... Uh, we got two little... There hasn't really been a whole lot of comic book news that I've seen. Uh, certainly not from the Hollywood end of it. That All that stuff has been real quiet ever since uh, No Way Home came out and made as much money as it's made or continues to make for box office weekends in a row at the top uh, spot, regardless of what else has come out. But there has been some X-Men news. Get excited. Oh, my God. Uh, Can the X-Men save the Red Planet? We'll find out in April 
when Storm, Magneto, Sunspot, and more strive to maintain peace on Mutant Kind's new world in Al Ewing and Stefano Caselli's X-Men Red. Uh, so this says, Mastermind writer Al Ewing, known for his acclaimed work on Immortal Hulk, will pen the all-new X-Men book this April that will deal with both the promise and the threat that Araco represents, uh, what it represents to the Marvel Universe. Uh, more creative team stuff. Uh, also providing the book's main covers will be Russell, Russell Dowderman. That's fun. Uh, who also designed Storm's stellar new costume. Interesting. Uh, looks like Storm is going to be at the front of this book. We got Storm, Magneto, Sunspot, Abigail Brand. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's fun. Only the three of them are on the cover, though. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for me... I thought that the Araco stuff was some of the most interesting X-Men stuff that we got out of X-Men for the last like year or two. And I mean, granted I haven't been keeping up like I was back uh, a little while ago, but as I am catching up, like I read the X-Men stuff for the awards, lots of fun with that kind of got me like back into the groove of the X stuff. But uh, like they kind of just like Araco just, formed and went away uh they weren't really delving into it all too much that i'd seen so the idea of returning to that and kind of putting it front and center uh, i think is exciting and i will uh, I like to go ahead kind of were in sword Mm -hmm. that's kind of where it was all the araco stuff was focused okay yeah that's one that i'm not caught up with i know i read araco and think i'm gonna get three free suits what is uh aaron what do you think of this x-men red stuff so I'm going to look for any reason to read more Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of two minds. I don't know if we need a whole book about Araco on Mars. Um, so I need to – and when I read the synopsis, I was looking for something that was a, a draw that was going to catch me. I, I will say I do like the characterizations of Storm in S.W.O.R.D. And that's where they keep popping up on Araco and her, her sort of taking her role as regent – as seriously, and her, you know, her powers being sort of bumped up a little bit while she's up there, and all of that. So I'm all down for that. Um, I gotta be honest, I like Al Ewing half the time. Um, like mm-hmm. he sometimes he really blows me away, and I'm like, wow, I really like this. And then other times I'm like, uh, I don't know if that was necessary. So I don't know which which one I'm gonna get for this one. But again. You put storm on anything, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm just saying it's just how it is. So, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic and excited about this book. All right, I'm here. Uh, John, how about oh, you? Go ahead, John. Oh, sorry, Bob. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I love Al Ewing for the most part, and any excuse to read Storm is great. But I am so over Magneto after all these years. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. He's, he's yeah, bad. He's, he's this. He's I don't. It's just enough already. It's like he, com- he comes and he goes. Yeah, for me, he's kind of been like I don't. I mean, I, I never read that Trial of Magneto stuff, but he's from what I understand, he wasn't in it very much. Nope. Um, <laughs> he's been kind of a background character since uh, the whole House of Swords X uh, stuff started. He and he and Charles are front and center in Inferno. Oh, I haven't read Inferno yet. Yeah, and that that kind of sets up this next phase as to why he's kind of hiding out on Mars Uh Mm -hmm. and back in his red costume. Mm. Mm. 
We all know what that means. <laughs> what? I'm on the edge of my seat. What does that mean? Wait, an X-Men made a fashion change? No. Mm. Storm's new costume is cool. I'm looking at it right now. No, this this book feels like it's a continuation of Sword. I I, I feel like some of these new no. books might. No, it's it it's kind of what, I, maybe not a continuation, but this is no. what Sword has been building to. Yeah, yeah. And, and this might be the next evolution. I'm I've enjoyed Sword, and I I I enjoy Al Ewing for the most part. Um, his Guardians of the Galaxy I thought was pretty underrated. Uh, it was, and then Immortal Hulk was just. I mean. I still I'm I'm still catching up on it, but that's just bonkers. Uh, so I, I I like the political idea here, the machinations, the intrigue. Uh, I can only imagine what this society of mutants is like. And so if they delve into that stuff, I'm I'm intrigued enough to to stick around. And I'm going to probably give most of these new X books at least a yeah a first yeah. arc. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to like I'm remembering when Araco was forming or when it just formed the just the droves of mutants that were there that populate this place that we've never met. So if this is like a new era where they're going to be introducing a bunch of new characters, I I'm, I'm all in for being inducted into like a whole new era of X-Men from a whole planet of new people. I think that would be cool. Did anybody read X-Men six last week? That's the only one that I haven't read. I read one through five. There's some stuff in there that that sets up um, for the humans uh, on the 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 moon above Araco. Yeah, which could also throw another twist into this. So, no, I'm I'm on board. Let's let's go. I will say for for that main that mainline X Men book, I'm I'm really enjoying it. But the the one thing that I'm really really enjoying about it is them now like investigating the whole uh reincarnation process that they have oh ben, ben Urich. yeah oh, yeah like them all, six. like them being like this person was very clearly dead and now they're not what's up with that and cyclops is just like ah come on guy got to go and you know not really not really giving them anything but they're putting the pieces together and once people find out that they're able to, you know, reborn their people, they're going to want that technology, too. And it's going to start a whole other thing because the people are going to be like, this person's dying from cancer. Why can't we bring them back without the cancer? You can do that. You have the ability to do that. Or do they? Listen, here's, the, the, here's the struggle with that. Here's the struggle with that, though, because – this goes back to the whole who's willing to do business with them, who's not willing to do yeah. business with the medications that they came up with. Remember the UK was basically like, yeah, we're done with you. Even though, you know, they had, they, they were angry that the world was angry that they didn't just give them everything and that they were using it as a bargaining chip, which I can't think of another country that hasn't done that. Or another but company that has group. Yeah. doesn't want to give it away freely. Exactly. I mean, Johnson yeah, and like Johnson and, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, as we were about to increase the prices of COVID tests all over the country. But yeah. anyway, um, I, I to me that was one of the the most clever sort of 
plot devices, not devices, but sort of plot twists in the story. It, it's sort of like you vilified them for generations um, and yeah. now they are offering you things that can change the way you live your life and, and extend lives and, and cure things. And you just want them to be altruistic and give it away, you know, because they can't, but you're still going to vilify them. So yeah. I, I, th- I thought that was sort of interesting, that sort of twist. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a scenario. I think, I don't think the, if they continue with the way they've been doing the story, I don't think it's going to be the general public. I think it's going to be all their enemies that want to ensure that they can eliminate whatever or counter whatever technology that's bringing them back. Yeah. It's really, it's really what makes me nervous about it because, you know, and this is kind of what was going on in Kurt's book where, you know, they were talking about whether people were getting too comfortable with knowing that they can be resurrected. You know, they were counting their resurrected, almost like getting their cherries popped the first time they died, mm-hmm. you know, so that they can come back and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's part, that's probably been part of the story, build up of the story for a while that I think once they are discovered, it's going to be very tricky and very sticky how that, that plays out. Cause it almost implies that either you're going to have to kill one of the five because that's the other thing. You can only live as long as one of the five. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Once they go, you're screwed. Hmm. Especially gold balls. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it. Good old gold balls. <laughs> but what if there's already backups of the five that we don't know about? It's just I there's so know. many possibilities. It feels like the X Men have kind of been just spinning their wheels for the last year when they could have been telling some of these bigger stories, but. Maybe we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, we got one more piece of business. Still X-Men. So let's go right to it. Uh, there is another vote. Mm-hmm. Another X-Men. I feel like we just did this. Uh, X- yeah, I guess. Has it been that long already? Yeah. Oh. Uh, X-Men. I have no concept of time anymore. Uh, X-Men vote 2022 Marvel reveals nominees opens voting to fans. Firestar. So people voted for Polaris to come on to the team the last yes, time. Yes, they did. And now we have some new candidates. So we figured we would name them. We would go around the room, see everybody, see who everybody would pick. And Firestar. then we'll argue about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, so, as with last year's vote, there are 10 nominees on the ballot. Here are your nominees for X-Person of the Year 2022. Armor. Avalanche. Bling. Firestar. Yes. <laughs> Gentle. Gorgon. Micromax. Penance. Monet! Siren. <laughs> Siren and Surge. I don't know who more than half of these characters are. I've never heard of Micromax. I have no idea who Surge is. No idea who Penance is. I know Penance. You read X. How do you know Penance? Oh, well, I know Penance. Well, they and Generation cool. X. Yeah. I remember um, she was in the all-female X-Men yes. years ago. Yeah, it was just X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was trying to differentiate it from <laughs> oh she's currently of x corp that's why i don't know yeah. but she i didn't back know her to, uh, as... 
the Buckingham Generation X. Mm-hmm. But they didn't call her Penance in that X-Men book. It was just, uh, just Monet. Monet. Hmm. And I actually really, really loved her in that because I was like, wow, she's kind of cool. I didn't, I didn't know. It's like she had pretty much everyone, every power, <laughs> like every power you would want to have, she's got. Is Micromax just Ant-Man? Is that like he can grow and I'm, shrink? He, and- can, he, can, he can continuously grow and become more powerful, so he could be have limitless strength. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. Uh, what about Surge? One of the most powerful electrokinetics. Beverly Hills. I, I, me too. <laughs> Surge. Noriko Ashida can produce devastating blasts of lightning and move at incredible speeds. She's poised to team up with her fellow new X-Men alums to protect the generation of mutantdom. If you did you read uh Chris Yost's new X-Men with Paco Medina? She had these like I, giant like gauntlets on her hands. I don't think so. It's a good it's a good run if you ever want to go back and read it. It's yeah. kind of set during the the right in the wake of the House of M. I'll be honest with you, like looking at this list, I don't know so many of those characters that just by default I'm gonna have to go. I know Bob's gonna say it's the wrong pick, but uh I'm gonna side with Joey here who uh wrote in to say that Armor is his pick to join the team. I'm gonna have to go with Team Joey for Armor because it's the only character that I feel remotely familiar with out of this entire list. It's gonna have to be Firestar or Gentle. Why Firestar? Because I love Firestar. I've always loved Firestar since I was a kid. The cartoons, right? Spider-Man. Of course. Yep. She yeah. Here, yeah, she first premiered in Amazing Spider-Man. Or Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. Yep. With Iceman. They wrote them. They sort of wrote her back into the books. <laughs> no, they. Wasn't she was, she was they created for the cartoons, and then they decided to put her in the books. Well, so I'm, I mean, I said that wrong. They reversed oh, yeah, yeah. her into the books. Yes, she was a yes, you're right. First. All right, so Firestar is your pick, Aaron? That's my pick. Did she help stop the Thanos copter? Thanos copter? You don't know about No, the... I think that was th- No, she wasn't. Oh. I don't think that was her. Oh, okay. She was in the mm-hmm. Busick Perez Avengers run with uh Justice too. Yes, that's right. Yeah. When I hear Thanos copter, I think of the Thanos helicopter that was in Loki. Well, that's because it was yeah. in the in Thanos's first appearance, he was riding a helicopter. As he attacked Iron Man at Stark Industries, I really like. So there is the there idea is actually of, a Thanos copter. Oh my god! Tell me, like the the little dividers in his chin open up into blades, and he just flies away. <laughs> oh my god! Not quite that. Like a go go gadget. Yeah. <laughs> like very uh, John, John, who's can, your pick? Can I choose none of the above? Ooh, you don't want any these, of these characters? None of these people are X-Men. These are all periphery, I'm so, D-level ar- ar- people. Armor ex- is an X-person. Only because Whedon couldn't use Kitty Pride like he wanted to. Uh, only um, because she's awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if I had to pick one of them, uh, Gorgon's X's Swords was pretty damn impressive, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Aaron in Firestar. I like okay, Firestar. <laughs> oh, is it two two? Is Bob the tiebreak? 
Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to vote for Polaris again. <laughs> Do you have a vote for this, Bob? Monet. Okay. Penance, whatever you want to okay. call it. It's Monet. All right. There you go. Paid for by the Penance uh, for X-Men Committee, a subdivision of X-Corp. <laughs> vote for Penance for Perfection. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, I don't know when we're going to be getting this story. Nice but uh, trying to see if there's maybe a. I said, uh, um, no, that was the other one. Never mind. I'm sorry. I don't know. You can go. You can still vote for this uh, until oh, it went live on Thursday. Um, yeah, I'm going to see if the polls are still open, and I'm going to cast my vote for armor. Suck it. <laughs> oh, I've just been sitting here tapping Firestar for the last hour and a half while we were what? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Garbage. It's rigged. It's rigged. The polls are rigged. All right. Recount. Uh, stop the steal. Cyber ninjas. <laughs> oh. Uh I'm I'm uh, is every we're we're done, right? We're done. It's been a great show. Mail-in X ballots. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad that we postponed the awards another week for this 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 episode of this circus. Uh, let's talk about the books that we're excited for that are coming out this week, this Tuesday and Wednesday. It's not just for Wednesdays anymore. Comic books. Uh, Bob, what do you get? Harley Quinn. Eat Bang Kill Tour number five. We've got Batgirls number two. Hawkeye number three. Kate Bishop uh, again. Ms. Marvel Beyond the number two. We got FF39. Thing number three, which I'm not looking forward to. And She Hulk number one. What? There's a new She Hulk book? Yes. Who's doing that? Rainbow Raul. Yes. Oh, how did I miss that? We talked about it on the show a couple months ago. Oh my god! Yeah, a couple of months ago, John. Come on. I know. I'm just saying. I I forgot about it too until Bob mentioned it. Oh man, I'm excited for that. That's awesome. Rainbow Roll and Roge Antonia with uh, a cover by Jen Bartel. Yes. Oh, they moved it to January 19th. I'm sorry. Did they? Uh, they just did. Away. Yes. Oh, that's my birthday. Hey, that's nice of them. Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Aaron, what are you picking up this week? Um, Marauders 27. Uh, FF 39, Department of Truth 15, because now I want to know what the hell happens next. Um, I haven't read Batgirls 1, but I feel like I want to get Batgirls 2, so I just thought, well. Make sure you get number one as well, though. You're going to need that one. Oh, I did actually get number one. I just haven't read it. And actually, is number one basically what was in all the backups? No. That was prelude. All right. So then I got The Death of Doctor Strange. I've been sticking staying away from reading all the little side books for The Death of Doctor Strange, but this one is about Elsa Bloodstone, so I kind of want to see what's going on there. Uh, and then there is a Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. Now, typically, yeah. I don't like to see our teams versus each other, but you know, they're, I love the Legion of Superheroes. So let's see. You know, there's that whole John Kent scenario going on there. So I, I love them. So I'm going to watch. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> Fantastic. <sighs> Who else? Anybody else? 
Uh, I'm getting Detective 1048. Mm -hmm. I am Batman number five. I'll check out Batgirls 2, Justice League vs. Legion. Robin and Batman number three by Lemire and uh, Wynn. King of Spies (laughs) number two. What? That was a really Um, good cough. (laughs) Clearing of the throat. Whatever that was, that was really good. That was really good timing. Uh, So King of Spies number two. uh, Amazing Spider-Man 85. uh, Daredevil Woman Without Fear number one. uh, Dark Mm. Ages four. And then Fantastic Four 39 and Kate Bishop three. Damn. I know. It's a little hefty week. Throwing it down. Uh, I, too... I'm throwing it down. I have a big week this week. Uh, I've got Batgirls number two, Dark Ages four, Detective, 1048. Uh, Har- I did have Harley Quinn, but it came out already. and I have it. So we'll take that off my list. Uh, I am Batman number five, Amazing Spider-Man 85, FF 39, Hawkeye, Daredevil, Department of Truth number 15, uh, The Good Asian number eight, uh, I have here Ms. Marvel, Beyond the Limit, number two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Rain, number one, by our good friend Joe Tynan. <laughs> uh, just, it's Joe Hill. Uh, She-Hulk, number one. Stillwater, number 12, from that Zadarsky chap. And uh, the Superior Four, number one. I'm going to give that a shot. I really like That's that Superior that. Spider-Man. What I saw that I saw that and I kind of I was like I want somebody else to take the dive on that one first before I go into it. I will throw myself at the mercy of Superior Four Number One, and I will tell you about it. Not next week because next week is the award show. Uh, I'll make you wait for it. Hey, you know what, you that? know what else comes out this week? The trade paperback of the many deaths of Layla Star. Ooh, one of the best books of the year. From Boom Studios, which means you'll probably get some extra stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, there's really good letters in that one, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, does anybody have any closing statements before we get out of here? I miss you, Betty White. Oh, oh yeah, mm. yeah. Betty White, Bob Saget, oh, yeah. lots of uh, twenty-two is yeah off to a uh, off to a banger start for all this. Actually, Betty White went before the new year. That's right. I remember seeing the memes that uh, Betty wouldn't let us start the year with mm-hmm. her death, so she went before it could uh, it could cross over. Um, yeah, really sad. A couple, a couple of really good people have been lost yes. uh, in the past Sydney, few weeks. Sydney was a gut punch as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, just goes to show. Stay safe out there. Uh, nobody has any comments or questions or anything. Closing statement. No. All right. Great. Uh, <laughs> next week. Next week is the award show. However, it goes down. Uh, the last, last Talking Comics award show of its kind. Uh, thank you to everybody for hanging with us while we do these kind of these filler episodes, getting a little bit back to business. Um, if I seem a little out of sorts lately, it's because I am. Full disclosure. 
Uh, but we're so glad that you join us every week. Thank you so much for your support going into this new year. We know it hasn't been easy for a lot of people. And uh, if you're listening, if you're sharing the show with people, we had somebody the other day retweet our Birds of Prey movie review wow. uh, out of nowhere uh, saying you know how much they enjoyed it. And I went back and I listened to that portion of that episode again and i was listening to the enthusiasm for that movie and i was like damn this was a fun show um so that was really nice that was shocked it wasn't man of steel no (laughs) um but seriously you know like if you enjoy if you enjoy the show let us know tweet us uh at talking comics uh write us an email podcast talking comic books.com we always love to hear from you and um yeah Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old-fashioned email. Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com John at John P. Burkle Aaron at Aaron J. Amos uh, I'll do it this week. Joey is at Joey Braccino. I am at Dead underscore Echo. You were really burned when I didn't say your information last week. Who? Me? You, Aaron. <laughs> okay, Steve. <laughs> see see <laughs> still saucy uh like i said at talking comics on the twitter and um yeah so uh for bob our best thoughts and condolences to Kristen guznuk and her family absolutely absolutely uh for aaron i'll see you guys next time for john uh see you later and for me Uh, Thank you all for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued. Continued.